to Completely Unnecessary Skeptical Podcast. I'm Nathan, and joining me today is Craig. Hello. And Susie. Hello. Um, what do I normally say next? It's been so long, Nathan. It has. It's been a while. Uh, sorry we missed last month. That was my fault. I have been suitably chastised. And the month before you weren't even in the podcast. I know, right? How did that happen, Craig? <laughs> I'm feigning ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> so, we haven't had any email feedback this week. Uh, feel free to do so, though, if you want to tell us how well, long we, did, we are. Well, we something. did get a comment from um, Philip saying he's listening to us. Oh, good. good. It's good to know. Hello, one listener. Hello, Philip. So, in the news, uh, mostly this week, um, all fairly newsy news, Brian Dunning is in the news quite shockingly for me i hadn't heard any of the um any of the history of this one no um brian dunning convicted for fraud no is that more or less no no he hasn't been convicted oh hasn't he i no. thought he was so so well, for a start so brian dunning is the host of a skeptical podcast called skeptoid um i am brian dunning from skeptical.com are you no i'm oh. not I'm glad I'm not. <laughs> okay, so um, so Brian Dunning has um, been charged with wire fraud, and so what that the, the case apparently this was well known back in 2011, but it's just blown up this week yeah. because he actually went to court. He pled guilty, Monday, didn't he? On Monday, yes, and he has pled guilty. Yeah. Is it pled or pleaded? Pled. Mm. Sounds funny. Anyway, it does sound funny, yeah. But anyway, he pled guilty to one charge of um, wire fraud, um, which, according to his own um, blog, um, he said he pled guilty to one count of writing one cookie. So, right. this all goes back to around about 2006, 2007, where he was part of a company um, that was an eBay affiliate. And so, the, the idea of the affiliation with eBay is to, um, they had an affiliate program where they wanted people to drive traffic to eBay's site in order to get new people to sign up for eBay and win auctions and all that sort of stuff. Spend money in other yeah, words. Spend, spend money on eBay so that eBay would make more money. Yeah, and you so, get paid a percentage. And, well, well, he, so apparently signing up a new member, so if somebody became a new member of eBay or won an auction or something like that, within a certain period of being referred from an affiliate, then that affiliate would get... Um, twenty-five dollars for a new user, and I don't know, fifty uh, percent of the profit on the the success fee of a, an auction. Wow. So it's quite a lot of money. Yeah. Cool. So, so ridiculous, man. Maybe just twenty-five bucks for signing someone up. Does sure there's something else. Geez, why didn't I know about this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So th that's all well and good. So if if. Um, if you're an affiliate and you can drive somebody to the eBay site to get them to sign up, then then you should get a bit of money for it. So and that's that, fairly that's common too. I mean, um, Amazon has some similar things. Yes. However, the way this was done, apparently, according to what the accusations are against Brian Dunning, are that he, he was part of a company that wrote a plugin that bloggers could put on their web pages called who linked and so what this little widget did was allow um users uh, people reading their web pages to see what other sites had linked to this particular page so it would be something that say a, um, a user could put on their blog or at the time back when myspace was actually a thing on their myspace page to see who had linked to your page so what was happening was that one of the one of the items on that widget was down the bottom there was a thing called what's this and if you clicked on that then an ebay ad came up now that probably was a legitimate way of doing it but what the accusations are are that 
by having that widget on your page, when somebody came and viewed your page, then there was a bit of JavaScript code that went and made a request to the eBay site without the user actually clicking on the link, which would then cause your browser to store a cookie with the affiliate code in it for eBay, so that if you then <coughs> went and visited eBay in the next 30 days or whatever, just and signed up, or yeah, yeah, so signed up or bought something on eBay, then Brian Dunning's company would receive commission from eBay for directing the user to the site. Yes, which so, to be fair is somewhat genius, if if not necessarily a um, completely legal. Well, way and he of claims that they knew about it. So yeah, so this yeah, so for a start, it it's not it's not that that uh, widget actually drove the user to go to the no. to yeah. eBay, and so there's a they're getting, there. they're getting credit for someone He's going getting, to eBay on their own at uh, some later own, point in time. Page. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the affiliate program wasn't <coughs> designed to work that way, obviously. What the some of the interesting things about it are. Um, firstly, Brian Dunning is claiming that he his only involvement was as software architect for the widget. Now, what that means... What's, what's the Samuel business card, Craig? Senior <laughs> technical what? I'm a, uh, I'm a software architect, yes. Ah, right. So what does a software what architect do? What might typically mean in a large team of developers would be that the software architect is somebody who has an understanding of the overall structure of the software and, and how it works and so on, but there might well be other people, developers, who actually wrote the code. Hmm. I suspect that wasn't the case. I suspect that in in something like this, where somebody's building a widget to go on a web page, it's more likely to be a one-man band thing, that the software architect is a developer and uh, whatever. And, and even besides that, Brian was obviously an owner of the company that received the revenue. So, and the revenue itself that they received from eBay was $2.2 million in one year and 3.3 or something like that million dollars the following year. So over $5 million they received from um, this affiliate program, US which is pretty good money. That's reasonably <laughs> good money. Um, so anyway, coming back to some of the interesting points about this. So Brian wrote a... Um, an explanation blog that was vetted by his lawyer. Um, this has been going on a long time. It's back, yeah, so, from 2011. In, well, well, the explanation was 2011, yeah. but I think he was actually uh, raided by the FBI and they came and arrested him. It was 2006 or something. Uh, Too soon. Yeah. Anyway, quite a lot earlier. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in the in the explanation. So one of the really interesting things about this was that apparently um, the widget um, was writing cookies depending upon where you were. And so it didn't write cookies if you lived in yeah. um, San Jose or Santa Barbara, which is where eBay and the affiliate management company are headquartered. Yeah. Now, <laughs> that kind of looks like a smoking gun in that he deliberately engineered it so that it, it didn't um, it didn't raise suspicions with yeah. um, people at eBay. Also, you wouldn't accidentally end up putting on someone's computer that worked for eBay or yeah, exactly, exactly. CEO. However, the way he's justifying that in um, in his blog is that he is saying. Oh, ad servers may need to know if you viewed the ad before or used a particular service before, or they may need to know where you're located in order to show you the right ad, such as geographic such geographic targeting was necessary for our eBay ads. Now that to me sounds like a justification for why did the cookie get written in one part of the country but not in another part of the country. And so that to me sounds like it's a it's a reasonable excuse for um, why the people in San Jose and Santa Barbara might not have um, had the cookie written to their computers. So, um, uh, one thing I did read, uh, which is quite a nice analogy, is um, that the sort of thing that he's doing is like, if you walk into a, a retail store where they have salespeople, and those salespeople actually get 
a commission for selling you something because yeah. they've not actually dealt with you. And the way they typically do that is by scanning their tag, mm. right? It would be as if um, someone anybody take who their tag their to tag the scan to or automatically get scanned whenever yeah. somebody bought something in the shop in the store. These so they had no actual involvement in the sale, yet they still collected the commission. So, to me, he does look pretty guilty. Okay. But so he's he's pled guilty. And to a lot of people, that um, seems to indicate that, yes, he is guilty. Yeah. But other people pointed out that people plead guilty maybe just to get get things finished mm-hmm. and to put an end to the legal costs and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, so according to the law in the States, wire forward is a pretty big thing, and he could face up to 20 years in federal prison. If he... Yeah. Through the whole thing, and up yeah, being and, and and so and it depends upon how much money he made out of it. Now, the fact that he's pled guilty to writing one cookie, yeah, maybe there's something there that well, I wrote one cookie, I received twenty five dollars yeah. from eBay. And maybe he's done sort of some sort of deal where that's yeah. going to get him off. Yeah, but uh, I suspect not. I suspect you don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Um. So it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. But the fact that he's pled guilty means there's actually not going to be a trial. Yes. So there's um, no conviction. Well, there'll be a conviction. There'll oh, be a conviction because he's pled guilty, but none of the evidence will come out. Ah. What he's claiming, though, is that um, eBay was fully aware of what he was doing, what they were doing. Um, so in that light, you kind of wonder whether actually what he's done is wrong. What do you guys think? Well, based on what I've read, it seems that um, at the very least it's um, somewhat unethical. Yeah. Because you're putting a cookie on someone's machine, and okay, that's fine, that happens all the time, but that cookie then is... So then that person, completely off their own bat, goes to eBay and buys something. They didn't go because... Because they were... Brian, com- yeah, Brian Dunn's company, company said anything and, and, about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... From that point of view, I think it's, it's yeah, pretty it's easy to unethical. say that it's wrong. Yeah. Um, the but, legality is something that's you need to yeah. go. And whether we're getting all of the facts correct. Oh, I'm sure we don't is, get all the... I'm sure we don't have all the facts. There's a, there's a tendency probably to be a little bit sceptical when you've got a large company like eBay on one side of the, um, on one side of the yeah. case as well, whether they're... Um, I don't know. So the, 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 the reaction of the sceptical community has been interesting, though. I think it's been fairly, fairly positive. People are sort of saying, okay, he's done something wrong. He should be punished for that. Oh. Or if he has been. No, I, no, oh, I, think, been a I think a lot of people have said that he's now the devil incarnate and, and he's completely tainted. And, and he really? Should, you know, he, he, I mean, this whole kind of, we should be morally better than the rest of them because we're critical thinkers has been a bit of that. And somebody uh. I noticed said they wished it had been Rebecca Watson instead. Oh, really? A horrible thing to say. Yeah. Mm. I, I just um I thought I had read somewhere that he said he basically didn't make any money from this. Well, well, oh, so, so what he's saying is that the two point two million and three point three million were then sliced up amongst a whole bunch of people. So right. he didn't personally make five million dollars out of this. No. Yeah. And what wait. he's also saying now is that any money he did make out of it out of it has been well exceeded by the Fair lawyers. Enough, yeah. But <laughs> I've just found um I just found a document that looks to be the um, what is this? Uh, this is something to do with the case. Um, something about the evidence and thing. And there's an interview with him, and it claims there. No, I've just lost it. Hang on a second. Apparently, he did a podcast fairly early Either on exhibit, in the series. Exhibit B looks like the it's the interview transcript uh, from 2007, and it says that. He estimated he made approximately two hundred thousand to three hundred thousand from his consulting business in two thousand five. With the addition of the money he made from the eBay affiliate program, Dunning stated that he claimed an income of approximately one point two million on his taxes in two thousand six. He has used the additional income to pay off his house and vehicles, as well as set up college funds for his two children. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
probably at least part of the skeptical community's reaction to him, negative reaction to him, is the fact that he has fairly libertarian views. Ah, right. Right. And that probably doesn't wash well with a lot of skeptics. Not everyone likes libertarians. No. Um. And so I think perhaps the perception there is that if you can get away with it, then it's okay. Uh, what you're not seeing from the sceptical community, which is at least um, that much of it's refreshing, is the sort of reaction you see from Catholics when Catholic priests are well, yeah, yeah, true. And and true, like, what, just... what 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 crime in the Catholic Church? We don't know anything about that. Why would we post a link to that? That's not going to happen. No, yeah. um, it's skeptics that are posting this information, yeah. and skeptics that are arguing about it, and skeptics that are condemning him either wholeheartedly, as as you say, the people incarnate, or yeah. Sort of my point of view is okay. He's done a lot of good work. He's maybe still a good skeptic. He's done this one thing wrong, so at the very least, he needs to be punished for that, whatever it turns out to be. Yeah, um, I don't think you want to write him off entirely. No, 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 no. So is his sceptical podcast so is probably fairly unique in that he's trying to make a living doing it right so he's asking people to contribute small amounts of money monthly in order that he can do it as a job as a sceptical podcast but it's and i am a contributor right but it's interesting. so i'm trying to figure out what should i do right. should i continue contributing to him or should i stop i have seen written it might be on his original response in 2011 is that the money that goes to the skeptoid podcast is completely separate from all of his other sure. businesses and everything like that so you can still donate to the podcast and it will only be used for the podcast yes yeah but he says he's trying to make a living from it so presumably mm. that means an income to well he's paying himself he he's paying it, himself yeah. so that he can pay his bills yeah. But, so interestingly, what are his bills? If his house, so he obviously doesn't have a mortgage or yeah. things no. like that. And right. Well, kids, well, kids and schools and stuff like that, school fees. You still got yeah. it. You still got bills. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I know. But that's interesting that they're not. They wouldn't perhaps be as much as you think they would be. Right. Probably not. If he doesn't have a mortgage and his car is paid mm. off and stuff like that. Mm. I just. It's interesting. Well, so apparently, from what I read, he has something like about one hundred and seventy-five thousand downloads a week. And he thinks, from what I've heard, it's like between 1% and 2% of people who subscribe actually pay him money. Yeah. So you, I guess you could do the maths and figure out what maybe an average donation would be. My, I pay him 5 bucks a month. Right, so 60 bucks a, a year. Yeah. Okay, hang on, hang on. We're going to do this. Calculators <laughs> out. <laughs> Times 0. 0.1, 0.01. Yeah, yeah. so 0.01. 1%. 1% is 1,750 people. Times him. average of two fifty. Oh, okay, two dollars fifty a month. Yep. Yeah. It's four thousand three hundred and seventy-five dollars a month. Yes, a month. And that's probably that's not bad at all. Income. Well, if but if that's your only income, and you have to pay tax on that. Yeah. So that's 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 for four. That's for tax. So that's so in New Zealand that would be I don't know would that be something like about say thirty percent tax is about sixty grand a year. What did you say, Nathan? Four thousand three hundred seventy-five. About fifty grand a year, I suppose. Times fifty-two. Oh, it's a month. Yeah, so it'd be like something like fifty-five thousand dollars a year. Fifty-two. Fifty-two thousand dollars a year. Divided by three times two, thirty-five grand. That's that's not a great huge salary. No, that's sort of teacher salary. That was what that is. Yeah. Yeah, but if you don't have a mortgage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th I, th I think it's more, it's more interesting the response of the community and how. Well, how does this taint him now? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. will you be prepared to actually continue? Would you invite him to a skeptical event to speak? Well, no. It'll be interesting to see how it's played out, though. Yeah. And he's um, there's a sentencing hearing, I think, on August the eighth. So it's still a few months away before he's actually sentenced. So he may well go to prison for a few years. Apparently, there's an online calculator that you can use to calculate what the likely yeah. sentence would be. It's one of the articles <laughs> that did it and tried to figure it out. Yeah. Anyway, that's. But maybe he out. might be in jail for three or four years, which is a long time. 
Yeah, and will he continue doing his weekly podcast from a <laughs> <laughs> slightly echoey jail cell? <laughs> oh, it's sad. I mean, it's sad, but, you know, if he was breaking the law. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was so, a rather extended um, discussion. That we needed to, yeah. Okay, so moving on to the next thing, <laughs> which is, um, oh, just a little thing, gay marriage. Gay marriage, It's legal yeah. now, Susie. Well, so um, the... Were there any earthquakes? <laughs> well, well, that was. I'm sure um, probably was. There's been a big one. In- you could argue that, that God's aim hasn't improved much because America. Oh, in China. Oh. There's just been one in China. No, not earthquakes. Well, well, just, just bad things happening in yeah. general. Yeah, America's not had. America's not had a good and, week. Um, Waco yeah. uh, fertilizer plant exploded. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, God's mad that he's he's doing it to America instead of New Zealand. So what this is is that the um, uh, New Zealand. Parliament have just had the third reading of the Marriage Definition of Marriage Amendment Bill, um, and this is so that uh, marriage is no longer defined as between a man and a woman, but between a man and a man and a woman and a woman, and and this has passed by seventy-seven votes to forty-four. So Woo-hoo! this has now become. So I guess there there is there'll be some. It'll take some months to get this all kind of finalised, but essentially that it's a done deal now. Nathan, will you marry me? Sure, Craig. Why not? Oh, no, I'm already married. <laughs> Damn. I'm pretty sure bigamy is still illegal, unfortunately. But here we go. But what was interesting was the, um, you know, lots of MPs stood up and, uh, and made little speeches during the reading. Um, and one of them has become a bit of a YouTube sensation. So this is National MP Morris Williamson, who um, gave a fabulous little um, little speech. One, one bit of which we will play is... Uh, his response to a letter telling him that his support of this bill would lead to him burning in hell for all eternity. Yeah. Now he has a degree in physics, and so he's worked out how long, based <laughs> we'll on his body it. weight, he thinks that he would um, he would burn in hell, and it's not very long. <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah. So we'll play that. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. That was it. Okay. <laughs> Funny. Well done. Uh, yeah, so that's a good video, actually. I haven't actually got around to watching any of the videos of any of the mm-hmm. stuff um, that people have been sharing around, but I was just listening to it as, as Susie was looking for it. It's quite funny. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's, well, there's quite a lot of comment. Yeah. So if you haven't already listened to that. And then there's been lots of talk um, overseas about how impressed everyone was that they, in, you know, that when oh, they passed... Yes. Everyone's it's a saying, spontaneous swayata. Oh, yes, and and, kind of, and oh, he was, incredibly. and there was some comment about how he was a fabulous gay MP or something. Like yes, that. yeah, fact, well, he's been, yes, he's not. He's, <laughs> he's not he's, gay. He's been married for quite some time. Um, yeah, so somebody's stuffed up there and yeah. him that New Zealand's openly, only openly gay yeah. MP or something. Huh. And we've got quite a few openly gay MPs and he's not one of them. Nice. <laughs> so there we yeah. go. Yeah, equality and so forth. Absolutely. So now the next item, which I've reluctantly added to my <laughs> my list of things I have to talk about. Um, man sent to jail for watching pixie sex. <laughs> How can that be? Pixies don't exist. <laughs> well, apparently they do. Uh, no. Uh, so a man has been jailed for watching cartoon videos of elves, pixies, and other fantasy creatures having sex. Um, man's been named, his name's in the article, and he downloaded basically anime cartoons, uh, or possibly hentai. If it's porn, I think it's hentai, isn't it? I would have no idea, <laughs> <I know. laughs> Um Three years ago, he downloaded some anime cartoons, some hentai porn, and he's just been jailed for three months for possessing objectionable material. Not in quotes, but it sounds like it should be. And of course, sparking debate as to what harm is caused by digitally created pornography. Now, he also has, although I guess this isn't really relevant to the case, but he has previous convictions for indecently assaulting a teenage boy and has been through, been through rehabilitation programs. Um, 
he was jailed for 10 years. Mm. For the previous thing, yeah. Um, and it was three times. Was it uh, yeah, according to the... Um, according sensible, to the sensible, sensible sentencing trust. <laughs> um, so the, the, the weirdest quote that I see on this whole article is from the anti-child pornography group ECPAT. Uh, the child alert director, Alan Bell, said the images were illegal because they encouraged people to, quote migrate from there to the real thing, end quote. Um, Actually like having, having, sex with <laughs> having sex with pixies, I guess. Well, um, they, they, so they claimed that the while the cartoon characters were clearly elves and pixies, they were young elves and pixies. And so this has led them Not to necessarily concerns. consenting. Yeah, well, right. This has led them to concerns that they're linked to child sex abuse. Although he does concede that no child was harmed in the making of the images. Or pixies. <laughs> uh, hmm. Yeah, it, so it, I don't know. It is interesting, though, that, that the law he was convicted under was that they were objectionable. Objectionable. So I guess if, it depends upon how things are defined as objectionable. I'm, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they're very well defined. But the word objectionable seems, seems odd. Seems like there's a, a lot of things that I thing, find objectionable yes yeah. but, it's, but I wouldn't it's try interesting because um, if you watch a lot just a lot of normal anime you know there's there's an awful lot of very very young looking characters usually female with very very short skirts usually yeah. school uniforms yeah. on that right. are, are often kind of the main characters right you know they have a big thing about Japanese school girls children, Japanese yeah. school yeah. girls skirts and things hello kitties yeah. Hmm. Anyway, that's, uh, that's, it'd be it'd be interesting to know more about this. So there was some it just seems kind of wow. There were some quotes from Auckland University associate Phil, uh, <clears throat> associate philosophy professor Tim Deere. Said the justifications for punishment are likely to be worries about the tendency of the image to promote harm to real people in the future, or a concern for what the interest interest in the images tells you about their character. In single quotes. So, so, that's so, but, but that's an interesting point, though, isn't it? Because it, he's talking about potential harm to real people in the future. Well, if I go and fantasize about killing somebody, yeah. should I be thrown in jail? Yeah, or watching a, like watching a, a cartoon, watching a somebody? cartoon video about it. Yeah. Well, and God, we watch enough bloody yeah. non-cartoon images of people. Potential harm. That's that's not something we can convict mm. people for. Mm. Um, but for the purposes of law. This is a different quote, possibly by someone else. But the purposes of the law is probably important to distinguish between these, because convicting someone for their moral views is very dangerous. Yeah, Clark himself argued that the law led to the absurdity that he could, in theory, be convicted of possessing objectionable images of stick figures. Yes. Well, yeah, it's a bit of a slippy slope argument. Mm. Might be a fallacy. But... Oh, that reminds me of those amazing things on the internet a few years ago about um, our methods of death or something. You're done using stick figure stick figure death you? theater. Oh, they're uh, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yes, oh, we'll put a link in stickfiguredeaththeater.com. Um, I initial it hmm. anyway. anyway so that's, that's it. Um, that's bizarre New Zealand news. Case. That's a New Zealand story, just in case I didn't mention that. Hmm. Um, do you so be careful what you download. Yeah, <laughs> don't download pictures, uh, movies of pixies having sex. What if, what if it was real pixies? like an actual video, but they were all 18 or over and signed <laughs> consent forms. Huh? Well, we have a link for that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll find you some links. And we'll <laughs> move on to the next story, Nathan shall we? surf for porn is research for the cusp. Yeah. That's pretty much what I do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as research for the cusp. Obviously, I, I search for porn. Everyone does that. Um, Susie. Apparently, there's been a measles outbreak in Wales. Well, Wales is in the grip of a big measles outbreak. There have been over, I think it's now over 800 cases since the outbreak began in November last year. And to put this into perspective, last, so the, for the whole of 2012, in the whole of England and Wales, there were 2,016 measles cases. So this epidemic is huge. Um, and with, with measles being so contagious, it's likely to continue. Um, and I believe there are now also larger outbreaks in various parts of England too. Um, 
and one of the reasons, of course, is that um, uptake of the MMR vaccine, the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine, um, is rather low. So um, you need 95% coverage to to protect the community through herd immunity. But um, the uptake in uh, certainly in England and Wales was around 82 to 86 percent um, last year, and so apparently the public health officials have said there are an estimated 40,000 children in Wales who are unprotected, who are kind of potential, um, potential, potential for getting um, hmm. uh, measles. And uh, so for, I mean, everyone must remember this um, reasons our, our, the uptake is so low is because of this perceived um, risk of the MMR vaccine or perceived link the MMR vaccine and autism due to the discredited Dr. Andrew Wakefield who claimed that he had um, found this link, suggested people take single vaccines, of which he had patented one, um, but he was also being paid by anti-vaxxers to find evidence. Lawyers. Lawyers, yeah. Operating vaxxers. But well, we've all heard all that before. You can yeah. go and listen to the old episodes. So, so um, guy's a dick. He's caused a, an ad, a Yeah, and so, there's, so, and so the, the effects of his actions are now, and that of the media, who've kind of stirred up a complete mm. shitstorm at the time, and now really coming back to to bite the UK. Mm. So it was very interesting then that over the weekend, the uh, independent newspaper um, chose to put a very, well, something like a 12-paragraph statement by Andrew Wakefield in their newspaper, and they actually put him on the front page. And the, um, I think the, um, what did the... They, they put it on the front page with like the headline of something like I was right and it was the go- it's the government's fault this is happening because what the government actually did in the UK was they um, refused an import license for single vaccines so you had to have the triple vaccine or nothing at all yeah. um, and so he's saying it's their fault and if they had let the single vaccines come in then people would have vaccinated which, them, um, they which newspaper was this? The Independent uh, one of the big ones yeah. in, the UK, in the UK Um. And they have come and said, actually, do you know what? Um, uh, it wasn't, you know, they're, they're basically saying it wasn't as bad as that because uh, we kind of re- refuted every um, every sentence that he claimed, but they did have that ti- that title. And the point is, a lot of people would have seen the title and not read yeah. the article. Yeah. So they kind of messed up. But one of the interesting things that comes out of this is that the independence health editor is a guy called uh, Jeremy Lawrence um, and he he's really interesting because on the um, on the independence website when they talk about him you know when it's hmm. he has his little bio his little bio says that he thinks the harm medicine done is, does is underappreciated the harm it prevents is overrated and cycling works better than most drugs right so that's the he person who agenda. authorized yeah he has an agenda that's the person who authorized mm. this thing um, and that has done a lot of damage, even though they say, do you know what, we didn't mean it that way and we refuted everything. There are going to be people who saw that headline and didn't yeah. read the paper. Yeah. And there are anti-vaxxers who will have copied and pasted that headline yeah. and will be sending that all over the place now that he was vindicated, yeah, 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 he, was, he right. was wrongly struck off, da-da-da-da-da. Meanwhile, it looks like they're, his, they're investigating the first death from those 800 cases. Mm. Um, a man in his 20s who was found dead in his apartment um, who had measles and... Now the link is, did he die of measles? Did he just die of head measles at the same time? Um, but it's really sad for a, for a thing that's preventable. All because of Andrew Wakefield and the ship media who continue to do a bad job. Yep. Hmm. So. Rent over. <laughs> brings us to the next article. Oh, the Canadian kids get a science experiment carried out on the ISS. The International Space Station. So, <clears throat> Canadian Space Agency asked young Canadians to design a simple science experiment that astronaut Hadfield could perform in space using items already available for the station. The winning entry, um, grade 10 students Kendra Lebke and Meredith Faulkner, from Lockview High School, Fall River, Nova Scotia, with help from their teacher, we're told, um, asked what would happen if you wring out a wet cloth 
in zero gravity, obviously. And there's a really good video on, where am I? I'm on the Sideblogs website. Um, it's on YouTube, you can look it up. Where the astronaut rings out a wet cloth. And you can see what happens to the water that comes out in zero gravity. It's quite interesting. It's grace. It's a beautiful. So beautiful Susie, footage. Susie loves it. I do. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Pretty I just, much. I'm just. He's so fab. This guy. Yeah. The fact that he's tweeting from space and he's doing all these things yeah. and it's just wonderful. Mm. Yeah. It's fab. Very good. So yeah, surface tension and, and zero gravity and and he makes a mess and there's water going everywhere and I'm just cringing, going, don't take it into the electronics because you'll blow something up. Mm. Um. But yeah, no, it's uh, worth a watch. I'm sure they have waterproof electronics on the space station. <laughs> you what? I would think they have waterproof electronics on the space station. Would you? Yeah. Just in case it got wet in the rain or something. Oh, I see. You're trying to be sarcastic. Carry on. <laughs> um, so, Woo Zealand. Um, is that Moncton, Lord Christopher Moncton? Is that who you're talking Lord about? Lord Vi Viscount, isn't he? I don't know. Viscount? You're the one that knows all about him. Uh, yeah, Viscount. He's coming to New Zealand. No, he's, no, he's here. been. Oh, he he's has been. been. He's gone. No, he's, is he still here? He's still here. Um, he, so, oh, God, what do you say about him? So he's the climate, um, climate change denier, claims to be um, a member of the House of Lords. He is a hereditary peer, which means he, but I don't think he can sit in the House of Lords. And he certainly had a cease and desist letter from the House of Lords saying, stop calling yourself a member of the House of Lords. And um, stop using something that looks like our our um, coat of arms when it's not kind of thing. Anyway, yeah. um, so he he we started. We talked about him in the, before. We talked about. Yeah, before. we have spoken to him. He's a he's a former AIDS denialist. Um, believes he has come up with a cure for all infectious diseases. Da 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 da. Yeah. Um, and he started a speaking tour of New Zealand, uh, which started on April Fool's Day, which is kind of interesting. Um, and loads of people have just you know tried. I mean, none of the scientists wanted to engage with him, um, but he's 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 oh, he's crazy. He's clearly crazy, and he's been um, complaining to the press council and and sending letters to the Herald and everybody about about all the unbalanced coverage that he, that um, that his his visit has. Sorry, who was he complaining to? Everybody. That oh. he's, he's written to the Herald. He's written to the. He says he's going to complain to the press. Press. Council, so I presume he means the press complaints commission, um, and but also to I think he's even been sending things to um, scientists institutions, complaining about things that they're saying to them and that they're lying about him and and all this kind of stuff and the media are not being balanced enough. Yeah. So this might explain why Radio New Zealand's um, nights program with uh, what's Brian Crump decided to uh, to interview him a few nights ago. Um, and what's amazing about Moncton is he's a very skilled speaker. Yeah. He can run rings around most people. He just makes completely crazy claims um, and didn't really, he hasn't really given <laughs> Brian any opportunity to kind of challenge him or Brian didn't challenge him enough. Um, and so... Um, one of the side bloggers has put a link to the interview and then all of the nonsense that he claimed with, you know, kind of why he's wrong um, on it. But it's very sad that Radio New Zealand decided to interview him uh, because they didn't do a good enough job of countering all of the misinformation that he, yeah. he gave out in that um, in mm -hmm. that interview. And it just now sounds, it's just basically a bit of, Kind of propaganda. Yeah, I have to say, exciting. looking at this poster advertising his tour, he's a lot better looking than I thought he would be. <laughs> Although he seems to be, he, seems he to be does pregnant. seem to be pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> and a hippie. Yeah, he's, he's not that pretty looking. He's um, pretty hideous looking, actually. Right. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a quite interesting chap, but... Climate denier. Climate denier. Yeah. Okay. That's enough yeah. about that then. Indeed. Hmm. So NPC. Yeah. Uphold. So homeopaths complained against North and South. What? Yeah. So oh, I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do um, a Susie rants about the Constable News today because there's so much in New Zealand to rant about. Um, right. So this is a very interesting one. So 
last year, uh, North and South ran a fantastic um, spread, quite a long spread, with an article by Margot um, White about alternative medicine and various oh, other little... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we, um, we talked about yeah, that. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, one of the little side articles was called Homeopathy Trick or Treatment by Stacey um, Anion. And a homeopath, uh, who we know, we, we know him quite well, Clive Stewart from Tauranga, he has been in all sorts of, he pops up all the time. Um, he complained to the Press Complaints Commission about this article. Huh. And so he made a number of complaints, one of which was that um, the balance uh, wasn't numerical, so that there were quotes from two people critical of homeopathy and only one defending. Yeah. And he wrote a letter to the editor, which was printed, but along with a response by Dr. Sean, Sean Holt, who we have interviewed, who is a critic of homeopathy. Yes. And so he said that this was unfair and his, his letter shouldn't have been run with this response. What? Um, Isn't that what they do to letters to the editor all the time? Well, you know, this is Bob from the council who says, actually, <laughs> actually our roads are very well maintained yeah. and you should look into it. So, so interestingly, those two complaints were not upheld. But right. he also complained that the article was wrong to say that, and this is the quote, homeopathic remedies have failed every randomized evidence-based scientific study seeking to verify their claims of healing powers. And he, his complaint that that was wrong has been upheld. Based on... Well, so it's interesting. How you define the study. Well, well, it does no, say evidence-based so, and it does say randomised. Yeah, so I think that but they were seeking foolish to... to write that because yeah. it is a very strong statement. And what the what the press complaints of the commission have said is that statement suggests that there is no, um, there is nothing, you know, the, the scientific literature is not, um, or science is, is not, uh, how do I explain this? That there's the no evidence. kind of debate about it, right, right. which actually is true. There yeah. is really no debate about it, but that doesn't mean that there aren't studies. There, there that have are shown, studies there are that studies, have shown it to have an effect. But they are, are but bad tend studies. to be bad studies. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, okay. so the wording of that sentence was probably yeah. foolish. Hmm. Um, well, yeah, okay. but what's more interesting is what this what this upholding the complaint has taught us about things in New Zealand. So, um, what? So in the press complaints commission. Um, each side gets two goes to state their evidence and like and then have a rebuttal right and what they what Clive did was he brought in a third he tried a third uh, rebuttal right by a, and that was a, a seven page letter um, by a man called Dr. David St. George and this letter by Dr. David St. George is just as I say seven pages and it explains that um, that North and South got confused about a um, a trial, uh, not a trial, a um, meta-analysis of yep. the trials that are being carried out, uh, which which concludes this 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 uh, he, well. He, so he basically says that this meta-analysis was wrong and didn't actually have evidence that there was no evidence for the for for um, for for homeopathy not to work. And he kind and there's graphs in this thing and all sorts of things. And he very selectively um, he very selectively quotes from the paper. Hmm. So, for instance, the 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 paper the the conclusion of this paper that he talks about that he doesn't mention is that the the so it says the evidence base shows that homeopathy is not efficacious. That is, it does not be at work beyond the placebo effect, and that explanations for why, for why homeopathy would work are implausible. Right. So basically, the evidence, you know, the oh, sorry, that's from the, um, sorry, that's from the, um, that was the conclusion of the UK House of Commons thing. So that, yeah. so basically, all the people who've looked at the evidence have said there isn't any, um, and the, um, this, this thing that he, that this, oh God, I'm really fucking this up today. Sorry, this, uh, he doesn't quote the last sentence of the, this paper which says that there's. Um, that the side of the, the clinical effects of homeopathy are placebo effects. So he yes. doesn't quote that, which is what the paper quotes. Right. And so, because of who Dr. St. George is, they have upheld this complaint. Because Dr. St. George 
um, is a, he works for the Ministry of Health in New Zealand, and he is their chief advisor for integrative health. Integrative and health being, being using alternative being, medicine yeah, alongside real medicine. Alongside real medicine. Yeah. Okay. So one, oh my God, we have this chief advisor for integrative health in New Zealand. Yeah. Okay. That's something we didn't know. Um, and I can't see how the PCC wouldn't have been swayed by that. So yeah. first of all, they've accepted a piece of evidence, a third piece a of third evidence when they shouldn't have, have done. And, and the North and South did not... Um, did not submit anything in response because they were protesting against the fact that they had accepted a third, a third yeah. thing from them, right? Um, but he, in his letter, gives all his um, all of his credentials. So his credentials are that he's a medical, he has a medical degree from the University of Auckland, and a degree in epidemiology from McGill University in Canada. That he's worked as a consultant clinical epidemiologist at the Royal Free Hospital London. Funny enough, that's the one that Wakefield comes from. Oh, okay. um, and the, and he was the first director of research at the Foundation for Integrated Health, hmm. which is the charity founded by Prince of Wales to lobby for alternative medicine. Right. Um, which closed, funnily enough, in 2010 um, when its financial director was convicted of theft and sentenced to prison. And so he was this director of research, and it's very unclear what whether the foundation actually carried out any research. But anyway, he lists all of these things. He also helped Middlesex University in the UK set up an undergraduate degree in traditional Chinese medicine. Um, he was uh, a former member of the British um, Acupuncture Accreditation Board. So all of these things, um, and the fact that he, he is this Ministry of Health person, I would suggest that they must have swayed the PCC to think that he knew what he was talking about. Right. But yes. he's essentially a lobbyist. Yeah. Um, and what's really frightening is that we have a lobbyist in working for the Ministry of Health, and I would like to know what, what he, what I mean. Okay, so this is what it says on the Ministry of Health's website: is his job to provide professional leadership, direction, and advice on complementary and alternative medicine, and on the integration of complementary and alternative medicine with conventional healthcare, particularly in the area of primary care and chronic care conditions. That is his job. Wow. And he gets paid for that. He gets paid for that. Jesus. What's Christ. also really interesting is that he um, is also involved with the Vata Foundation. Um, uh -huh. So this was apparently formally listed as a company in New Zealand with Dr. St. George as its director. Um, and its website is just a complete woo <laughs> thing. It's... Um, we are a foundation that is dedicated to education and research in the field of complementary and alternative medicine and to the creation of a holistic healthcare system through the integration of orthodox and complementary medicine. You we know it's crap Zealand. because they've used Comic Sans. And then they just start talking about loads of loads of nonsense. Um, let's have a look. Who's that link? Got, I'll send that to you now. Just www.rafafoundation.org. Oh, okay, doesn't matter. Um, oh, it's just everything. It's the, it's just what you would think of as you know, as the as the normal woo stuff. So yeah. how did this man, how did this man, get this position? And so there's a number of us now trying to work out work up a Freedom of Information Act thing because I would like to know what is his job description, what was what's his CV, yeah. how did he get this job, and what on earth has he been? What policies have been brought into place that yeah. we don't know about through his thing? And what's the evidence? Because what the PCC complaint showed was that he is very good at, or has no, as, you know, is quite happy to take the evidence and twist it. Yeah. And he didn't, you know, the one thing that that paper that he spent seven pages talking about said was there is no effect other than placebo effect. And he didn't, didn't quote that. Didn't mention it. So, sorry, that was a bit of an overlong rant, but um, uh, that's fine. it's kind of, Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. We have more work to do than I thought. Well, it's also good, though, as I heard a few weeks ago, that um, so in New Zealand we have the uh, we have a science advisor to the Prime Minister, Peter Gutman, um, but they're bringing in science advisors to every department now, oh, nice. every ministry. Which one are you um, going to be working with? <laughs> so that somebody has apparently been appointed to the Ministry for Health and 
I'm going to find out who it is and yeah. suggest that they look into this person. Cool. Because it'd be nice to know whether anything they have done has been evidence-based. It'd also just be nice to know who those advisors are yeah. and what their qualifications are and yes, so forth. Exactly. So, ah, interesting. That, that's all the news in mm. New Zealand. There's, um, I was just having a look at the, uh, the comments on your blog post huh. and there's quite a lot of comments. There's one woman called Trisha. Oh, she's um, just going crazy, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I wrote well, a blog post read, about sure. this and a couple of um, homeopaths have come on and they're just, I mean, you can't argue with them because they're not, they're not talking any sense. Yeah. They just believe that we, you know, that medicine is killing everyone and we should just leave everybody to take their alternative remedies. And, you know, they bring out the what's the harm thing and yeah. it's like, well, that's fine if you're not going to make your children take it or if you're not. You know, I.e. swallowing a whole bottle at once. How ridiculous. Anyone with a kindergarten knowledge would know that that was no better than just one dose. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, you, can't, you really cannot argue with It's funny, it's though. not making any sense. Um, I look at you being all calm and, and, and responding <laughs> nicely to them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, anyway. That, that lady is getting a little bit out of hand, and I might have to talk to her at some point. But then, you, then, <sighs> then they start they getting upset that you're banning them yeah. and... Nah, no, not worth it. Just leave, just leave it. Them. Just, anything Although, where people are making themselves look stupid, yeah. I think is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, particularly if they're not on our side. <laughs> Surprisingly, her um, grammar is actually okay. Well, she does like overly long ellipses. Oh no, little, little three dots. Yeah, mm. with the single spaces between. And no paragraphs. Uh, however, she did, but she does seem to be at least um, using words correctly. Anyway, yeah, that's sorry. how I judge people. <laughs> pretty much uh, so now we have an interview does anyone know what the interview is well when did we last have an interview Nathan? Um, well, the last episode did we put an interview in I don't think we did you sure no because oh, it's pretty okay. short so we'll have the, the interview that we didn't insert in the last episode indeed it's from last year and we've done the guy uh, for the food haven't we have we with David, Ver David sure. Winter did we not do oh we haven't done David Mike. Winter David Winter we haven't had no so it'll be David Winter then. We will have some interview inserted by Nathan. We'll have an interview now. We're pretty sure it's David Winter. <laughs> so I'm going to introduce <laughs> David Winter. So here we are at the New Zealand Skeptics Conference of 2012, and we are interviewing David Winter. Hi. <laughs> like and words. I've said my piece, and Susie's <laughs> going to take over now because she's got all the good questions. Oh, oh God, that's really dangerous. Um... Actually, I've seen Susie ask questions today, so it is really dangerous. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> so, so perhaps, David, you could give us a very brief outline of what your talk was about. All right, so yeah, I, I spoke this morning. I'm an evolutionary bio biologist here at Otago, and I um, gave a talk about evolutionary biology in particular. Since I had a whole bunch of skeptics in a room at once, I talked about um, sometimes skeptics actually make bad arguments in evolution creation debates, and I tried to present... Um, some better ways perhaps to well not even to argue but to um, counter common misconceptions about the way evolution works so I like that you started by thanking us um, and that it was nice to be amongst your people <laughs> <laughs> well it is true sometimes living a living an evidence-based life you feel a bit lonely and then there's a whole room full of people doing uh, the same thing and getting grumpy about the same things and getting exercised about the same things so mm. that's cool. okay so why don't we um why don't we start by you can tell us a few of the things that um, people do wrong when they are talking about evolution to creationists um, and what we should be doing right. All right, this is dredging memories back from the morning. I'd already <laughs> forgotten everything I presented in the talk. Um, no, this is, there's two things that, or two basic concepts which people have in their head about the way evolution works, which is probably not quite how evolutionary biologists think evolution works. And one of them is um, kind of evolution is about linear progress one form morphing to another over time like this classic uh, picture which i really get grumpy about called uh, the march of progress and you can put a link in fact into my blog and this because i've already written a grumpy article about the march of progress and why i don't like it so and that, there's no ladder of evolution yeah there's no up and there's no down and um if we really want to understand why organisms are different from each other we don't need to just focus on how one changes into the other but we want to know how they diversify how hmm. new branches in the tree of life um, happen and if you um, understand evolution as a kind of a branching diversifying process then it's easier to understand transitions and you don't get caught into these 
kind of useless arguments about whether a particular fossil is ancestral to modern groups or not but instead you can see that it's transitional by sort of comparing it with its relatives alive at the same time and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Mm. So that was one. I think the other one is the obsession that people have with uh, selection as being the only thing that happens in evolution. And um, well, evolutionary biologists don't think that. So I mentioned a couple of cases where probably selection doesn't explain parts of our biology. So. Mm. I th um, what really struck me while you were talking was the uh, not saying that we are related to, or not related, not right, not saying that we are descended from monkeys, because this is something that my daughter has been asking <laughs> me about. And uh, and I kind of said, well, we weren't uh, descended from the monkeys like we think of, but we have, and I was trying to explain to her about the common ancestor. Yep. But I actually loved what you said about, well, our common ancestor would have looked like a monkey, so we should be reclaiming our hmm. monkey heritage. Yeah, which just... <laughs> Just Be own it, I reckon. Claim our ancestry is what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Although we really do have no, um, we don't know exactly what the common ancestor was, so we don't no. really know exactly what that common ancestor looked like. But we can compare it to modern monkeys, I suppose. Yeah, we can. But um, they, they've had 12 million years yeah, of evolution. That's, yeah, so um, that's a really important point that we didn't evolve from modern monkeys. Um, and there's two different groups of monkeys in the world. And as you say, they've been evolving apart from. Um, apes and other monkeys for probably 20 million years actually right. wow. um, so they, modern monkeys are just as evolved as modern humans it's just that if you did trace back our lineage to the time that we shared an ancestor I'm pretty confident that the thing you looked at you would call a monkey yep. and yeah own it, it's a monkey <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to be descended from monkeys and you should be too <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that's come up recently um, there was uh, obviously an article in New Scientist um, a couple of years back um, disputing the idea of a tree of life that yep. the creationists have grasped onto that uh, that they're saying that Darwin was wrong because yep. there is no single common ancestor because of the horizontal gene transfer thing. But obviously the creationists have said, ah, well, Darwin was wrong, therefore we were right. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's one of those things where um, being a bit more sophisticated about what we know doesn't mean we have to throw away what we know in the knew in the past, and it doesn't mean we have to start from scratch. But creationists, any time they see they what they think is a chink in the armor, they're going to grab it. So it's actually really interesting. We found out in the last ten or twenty years, once we've been able to sequence DNA very easily, that certainly among microbes and even among um, animals, very slightly among animals, genes don't only go down through evolutionary time; they go across, and um, mm. different bacteria can share genes with each other. So if we're just looking at the genes, it's actually hard to reconstruct right at the kind of um, root end of the evolutionary tree, if that makes sense, and actually all the way through it as well, mm. there's going to be, um, for genes, there's going to be genes moving around between different um, organismal lineages, if you want. Yeah. So it makes it, comp it makes it much more complex and harder to understand. And if you ask me, it makes it more interesting because I spend my life doing phylogeny and <laughs> got to have challenges, right? <laughs> um, but yeah. And our genomes are full of viruses. They are full of um, mainly RNA viruses and all sorts of rubbish basically <laughs> yeah well and that is that is debatable actually. well yeah there's certain molecular biologists who think that everything in the genome is uh, there for some sort of purpose and certainly lots of even things like those old viruses and um, there's things called transposons which are just sequences that copy themselves end endlessly across our genome and you know they're not there for a purpose but evolution will take charge of whatever it can so lots of them have actually been kind of co-opted into particular jobs Hmm. But they're, you know, but not as the designer originally yeah, intended. No, exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to think what else. What were the other things that you told us about? So you said claim our ancestry. Well, you um, certainly had some very nice slides. That was quite. You had some lovely slides. Yeah. Most of my comments are about your lovely slides, <laughs> um, and and I've got some nice quotes about that you made about um, intelligent designers proponents just set up at home making stuff up <laughs> as far as i can tell that's, <laughs> that's, that's how it works um biology is cooler not just a stick to beat confused people with what was that really in relation to uh that was kind of my last point that um sometimes we don't even have to have the creation evolution debate we can just enjoy evolution enjoy biology and not think aha now we've got another thing to laugh at people that don't agree with us we can just right. go out and think biology is kind of cool and study it and learn from it and mm. Yeah, so you do stuff with snails, <laughs> is that right? I do do stuff with snails, yep. 
So uh, my PhD, which um, I graduated last week, so I'm now Dr. David Winter. Thank you. Uh, was in a group of land snails from the Pacific, uh, from Rarotonga, uh, and why there are so many of them. And now I um, keep on trying to get someone to fund me to do some New Zealand work, some work on some really cool New Zealand snails, because you don't know it, but New Zealand has the most diverse land snail fauna in the world, and uh, no one really knows anything about it, but no one so wants to pay me to go and find out about it, so we still don't know anything. Are we talking about your common garden snail? No, no, no. No? So garden snails are uh, they're just introduced, and they eat our vegetables, and they're banned. Right. But if you go into a patch of bush in Dunedin, particularly in Dunedin, but actually anywhere in the country, uh, pull up some leaf litter and pull it apart and, and look through it under a microscope, they're very small. Right. Um, okay. There's species after species after species. So in a patch of bush um, in Dunedin, there might be 10 species in a, in a handful of leaf litter. Wow. And it's that diverse everywhere. And it's actually even more diverse up north. Um, Manukau Peninsula has the site that probably has the most diverse land snail fauna in the world. Um, and I mean, lots of people have done lots of work on them in terms of trying to describe the diversity, but there's still so much more to be done. And we, that's just describing it. We have no idea why they're so diverse. So it's a huge problem. But again, fund me, I'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> we should have introduced you as a doctor. I'm sorry, because <laughs> you right. haven't had, you, you aren't, um, you aren't old and, and uh, what's the word? Um, Wise looking wizard? No, um, no. Oh, I'm tired. Um, it's still a novelty, yes, and you need to go media. straight out and change your bank details. Exactly. And you need to flash that doctor. Update the white pages. Uh, yeah, and then and then you get like me, where you, it starts being thrown in your face that you're you know part of the medical conspiracy <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. not that you spent you know a huge chunk of your time. Dedicated to, get to finding this, something out about yeah, the world. Yeah. So now that you've got this PhD in biology, have you been approached by creationists to go to the dark side? No, but I've always thought, you know, it's hard finding a postdoc and hard work, and it would be you could tell enough credibility now to yeah. sell out, right? Yeah. <laughs> you could tour the world on the back of creation. I'd be a leader, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for um, your fantastic talk today. It was well, it was fun. It was great, yeah, great. and you're a brilliant, um, you're a brilliant communicator. And that was it was it you was great. Me blush now. Good, good. Well, we don't say we don't. We're full of criticisms and stuff, and we don't say enough good stuff to each other. So, well, thank you very um, much. Well done, and our listeners should go and read your blog, and we will put out. Um, you you do Sunday spinelessness. Spinelessness. Yeah, no, spine. probably not tomorrow, because you know. Yeah, because you'll be hungover. <laughs> yeah. Is that right? Spinelessness. Sunday spinelessness. Yeah, I tried to make it as impossible to pronounce as possible. Yeah, which or remember is, it has you know. some fantastic. Um, Creatures, weird bugs. Um, weird bugs. Yeah, I'm always wow. jealous by how regularly you, you well, every Sunday, how, how disciplined you are. <laughs> um, you've also done some um, articles for uh, oh, stuff to stuff. Yeah. yeah, they so were looking for their answer, their New Zealand's answer to Ben Goldacre. That's what and they were looking for. I don't know if that's what they got. <laughs> but, uh, they said something like that anyway. But um, I've so actually only done a couple, so I need to get my act together mm -hmm. and do some more of those. What were the ones that you've done so far? Uh, so one was just there was a study um, came out on coffee increases increases longevity and I just kind of wrote a, a very simple plain English kind of description of the results and how far you could believe the results. And the other one is um, Susie and I went to a conference uh, earlier this year called the Trans of the Venus Forum, uh, which was full of lots of big ideas and I thought we should actually try and make at least some kind of concrete result of them. So I wrote a, a big bloated opinion piece about how science is really important and uh, got a bit starry-eyed, but lots of people read it and liked it, so it's good. Great. Well, cool. keep up the good work. <laughs> Cheers. And thanks well, for having me. This is fun. And now we'll do our... Well, that's about enough. <laughs> Unless you've got more questions. Susan. No, sorry, sorry. I just, okay. I just yeah, came to me. Right. In a vision. Thank you. Right. Thank Cheers. you for your time, David. Thank you. It's fun. Okay. Very good. Well, nice. Well done, guys. And there may or may not be one more of those to go, depending on whether I put an interview in the last episode or not. Okay. I thought I had, but maybe you guys say I didn't. Um, we can check that. Craig, have you got a quote for us? Indeed I do. He that will not reason is a bigot. He that cannot reason is a fool. He that dares not reason is a slave. That is by a person called William Drummond. Nice. From that TV show, um, Different Strokes. Mr. Drummond? I don't think so. No, probably not that. But now you're going to make me go and find out who William Drummond is. No, that's fine. We're running out of time. You tell us later. 
<coughs> and the word I of the really day known, but, um... is clouder. Clouder, which is the collective term for cats. So if you had more really? than one, apparently, if you had more than one cats, you would have a clouder of cats. C L O W. So when you go to a restaurant, you can have feline clouder. <laughs> <laughs> clouder of cats. So my friend, who is a borderline crazy cat lady, she has a clouder of cats <laughs> in her house. Right. Well, she nearly Where does, does that word come from? That's a very good question. You could always Google that. C L O W D E R. Yeah. Okay. So you've been listening to the completely unnecessary skeptical <laughs> podcast. Uh, if you want to send us a message or ask us a question, check out the contact us form on our website, cust.org.nz. <laughs> it comes from. Okay. Cool. We have time. Mass, I think. What's it called? Two other, there are two other valid ways. Hang yeah. on. A cloud, a clutter, clutter, kindle or kindle of cats. Wow. Clutter and glaring are the two I've got. A glaring of cats. A glaring of oh, cats. Like one, clutter of cats. Anyway. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have to laugh at it. Oh, jeez. I've, I've just looked up the... Um, I've just looked up the definition of clouder and the ad words that have come up oh. new homeopathy home software <laughs> probably because I've done some searches on homeopathy probably and then another website called catchemandkeepem.com why men pull away 10 ugly mistakes women make that ruins any chance Is of a relationship one of those mistakes having too many cats <laughs> well trusting homeopathy oh so sorry the, uh, this Trisha lady has just come back onto my blog uh, and for this I have to approve Putting up a, um, she wants to put up a link to the living proof that vitamin C is a miracle cure thing. Right. From Three News. Are you going to deny her? I don't know. Say don't know. say that she tried to post a link to a website, but I'm not going to post it because I'm not going to propagate. What's interesting is I put a link. I told her to go because she did the what's the harm thing, and I said you should go and have a look at this website. Yeah. The what's the harm? And so um, she didn't obviously, and she said, oh, I'm not. I don't have time to go and look at your website because I'm too busy looking at all these other things and what she said in here is yeah, maybe Susie medicine does. yeah yes yeah. exactly um, and so it's not my website but anyway maybe Susie can start another website of death from drugs and other medical inventions and include those saved by alternative therapies such as this yeah 